Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McCollum. Welcome to another edition of The Coaching Show. Thank you, Dick Warren. The voice of Dick Warren uh, welcomes us every time. Uh, my name is Christopher McCollum, Master Certified Coach. You're, as always, with my, would you say that you were a sidekick, a Man. junior partner? <laughs> junior partner. <laughs> I'm doing I always, a lot of work in the DEI space, and I, I, I'm learning that almost everything I say to you is wrong. Well, it's, it's, I don't think that it's wrong. I think it's that it's sometimes it's like repetitive. I think every episode you start like this, and I'm just, I have, I'm, I, you know, you've taught me how to have empathy, and I'm feeling it for the listener that's like, how come he does this? Is Christopher a real person or is he a robot? It, <laughs> <laughs> My wife says the only reason I'm not AI is because of the eye. What uh, <laughs> what would you like to talk about? Uh, and thank you so much for the notes. I have some notes for you. I'll tell you later. Oh, because oh, I that, give feedback, but then I retaliate. That sounds so romantic. Um, also, my wife told me. What do I want to talk about, man? We're at the end of the year. Um, I think the thing that I that I would most want to share with you is right. We've been you've been with me on this whole year journey of being vegan for yeah. all of 2020, and it's we're like 15 days away. I can't believe we didn't do a show about that. We should have because you've been plant-based for an entire year, including all your travels, all your family get-togethers, everything. Everything. Here's the, here's the one thing that pops to mind, and I know you probably want to share more, but are you going to continue? So I, no. I, I keep kind of no telling, way. well, I keep kind of telling people I don't know yet because I was waiting for the doctor to get like blood tests and cortisol and all these things back. <laughs> And what she came back with without, I'm going to do a whole podcast of mine on this, was that everything is better, right? Everything overall in my body is better. But the biggest thing is she was like, it should be even better. And I was like, well, what do you mean? She goes, I only have two ideas on why. You don't drink enough water and you drink too much liquor. And I don't actually drink that much liquor, but the proportional scale is like, I, I, when, I when she said, how much water do you drink? I said, I don't know, a cup or two a day. And she was almost like, I don't even know how you're alive. <laughs> um, and I don't even, I probably only have liquor once a week, but she goes, but the impact of that on your liver, your kidneys, especially with not bringing in water, it's depleting the, the benefits you could have gotten from being vegan and plant-based for a whole year. So what this spawned is, I think I'm not going to be vegan for 2021, but I don't know yet. This isn't for sure, but I think I'm going to be like limited. Like I'll probably be like 90% vegan. And I think that I'm going to take on another year long challenge, which is to drink a hundred ounces of water every day, every day for a year and see what happens if I, you know, essentially drown myself daily in water. Um, I did it for the first day yesterday. I drank a hundred and 44 ounces of water all day long. And um, I don't know how people drink this much water. It's insane. I'm so, so, first of all, I'm very proud of you for doing all that stuff and, and doing it under the supervision of, well, really any adult, but I'm glad that it was a doctor. And uh, secondly, this, let's go back a step because I believe you said, I don't drink that much alcohol. And anybody who has to say that, I feel like, 
Well, no, so I, I maybe, I don't know if you've ever, you noticed this, you were single at one point when I'm in a relationship. I was single like it was my job, man. Right. When I, when I'm in a relationship, I barely drink. Like I may, might drink like once a month, but when I'm not in a relationship, I, it's like more of the social kind of that kind of, and I probably drink once a week or once every other week. But when I drink, I drink a lot. I like tequila. I enjoy it very much. And it likes you. I want to um, remind everybody that we started with a plant-based lifestyle and we ended now, up with you dating and needing, needing. Yeah. And now everyone knows. Like, now everyone knows I'm a single alcoholic who cries himself to sleep and <laughs> cries in the shower every morning. Thanks, Christopher. <laughs> so then the answer is no about vegan, about continuing your vegan way. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, my guess, I don't think so. I haven't fully decided yet. I'm kind of letting it, it came to me to try to be vegan. Like I didn't, I, it like, I felt like it showed up from from like a higher self, like my knowing. So I'm kind of allowing it to have the space over the last 15 days. But my hunch is that I think I'm going to do like one meal a week that's not vegan and be vegan the rest of the week. Great. We can get together for a happy hour for that one meal, okay? Yeah, we can. Sure, yeah. Um, except I have to drink less. So I don't know if happy hour would be. <laughs> I see how this, I see, I see how it's going. All right. Well, we're just a couple of knuckleheads, but it's delightful to talk to you. Thanks for sharing uh, that journey. And of course, people can find you at thedreammason.com and the Dream Mason podcast right here on Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. We can also, I believe your book is still available, Fictional Authenticity, wherever fine books are sold, meaning Amazon. Yeah, there's, there's a workbook now too. And, uh, and the audio book just got submitted. We're waiting for Amazon to give us the thumbs up. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. You dropped something. The audiobook. Nice. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's not there yet. As of December sixteenth, Amazon has not given the like thumbs up approval. You know, Amazon, they'll probably have to decide if I'm going to be vegan next year. Also, at this rate, <laughs> but yeah, they they haven't told us that the audiobook is available, but it's submitted. Which some is AI pretty- is listening to it right now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let's get to our guest because she is way smarter than both of us put together, and uh, and has probably done more good in the world. Um, an extraordinary woman, Deborah Miller, Deborah D. Miller, not to be confused with a different Deborah Miller that we had on this podcast, also a fine human. Uh, Deborah Miller has a PhD in cell and molecular biology and is a trainer and an expert in EFT tapping. So already she's outshining both of us. She's also a Reiki master, a life transformed coach, and an internationally renowned author. How do you feel about yourself right now, Alex? I'm wondering if she realizes that she's here with you. I'm like, does she, is this just the right podcast? She seems like very like fifth dimensional for your, you know, your, your 3D lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> she's clearly too good for us. Uh, since 2007, Deborah's been working with children suffering from cancer, helping them and their caregivers alleviate the fear, anxiety, and stress arising from serious illness. Um, she's continuing her studies of quantum physics and universal truths along with her scientific knowledge to better understand physiological functions. So we're right up your alley, so to speak, and forgive me for putting it that way. She also works with people to guide them to gently release their learned beliefs and habits and patterns to find calm, joy, and create inner peace. An extraordinary human being, author of the beautifully illustrated book, The Dragon with the Flames of Love, which is subtitled Helping Children with Serious Illness Improve the Quality of Their Lives. An extraordinary person, Deborah Miller, PhD, Dr. Miller, welcome. Thank you, it's such a pleasure to be here. (laughs) 
Thanks for being had, as we like to say. Now, look around outside. Where do you find yourself today? I know, Alex, I say that every time, too. Yeah, well, I am in Oaxaca, Mexico. And so it's bright and sunny, and uh, I haven't checked the temperature yet today. You nice. strike me as somebody who did not grow up in Mexico. I'm oh, no, 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 no. I grew up in North Dakota, and there's not very many people can say that. But That's it's true. another, you know, I was the way north to way south. Which but point? prairie, you know, stars and northern lights and a lot of beautiful people in North Dakota. Now, I, we just, I just want to know about your journey that takes a nice North Dakota woman and <laughs> ends her in Oaxaca, Mexico, doing all this extraordinary work. But first of all, let's talk about the important thing, which is why are there two Dakotas? Why two? Well, there was one, then they split it in two. There must have been some political economic reasons somewhere in the past. All right, let's go go back to your journey. So how (laughs) do we get from North Dakota? Mm. It's very long convoluted. I'll I'll make it as brief as possible. So when I was in high school, my parents actually started a, a health food store. And so I got interested in doing the kinds of techniques and coaching that I'm doing right now. And then I thought, well, you know, I should learn something about the body before I do that. So I went off to the university and I studied biology and then I studied education. And then I worked in a research lab for a while. And then I went back to graduate school and got my doctorate in cell and molecular biology. And then I had an opportunity to go to Europe and do a research project, a post-grad research project for two and a half years. And with a lovely woman who was just in a different place at the time. And so it kind of helped boot me back out of that. And so I started traveling a bit and I was in Guatemala and Mexico and I kind of ended up sitting down in Oaxaca, taking a little break. And from there I ended up teaching cell and molecular biology in Spanish, ended up going back to the States where I learned Reiki, came back to Oaxaca feeling I needed to be here without knowing why. And then after actually a couple of years of being back here, then the opportunity came to work with the children cancer in in a hospital. And so I met them at a fundraiser. They were under a tarp in a park. I got to do EFT tapping with them and it just caught my heart. And so they introduced me to the doctor, the head oncologist. And I said, well, you know, would it be, would you be interested in having me come in and do tapping with the children in the hospital? And he said, sure. I go home going, why didn't I say that? I never in my life thought I would work with children with cancer in a hospital, but they're master teachers. It's some of the most profound work I've ever done. They are amazing souls and an amazing journey. And so having the opportunity to be in the hospital, sometimes in the treatment rooms with the nurses, with the parents, even with the staff and the, and the doctors and helping them all manage the emotions that come up because there's nothing that touches our heart like watching a sick child. You know, we don't want to see a child sick, but then allowing and teaching children really simple tools that they can use to feel better, lower their pain, imagine themselves um, feeling better, you know, having a, 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 a superhero or a power animal. And one kid had a blue horse and you know, you want to go like, a horse and it's blue and you're like, it doesn't matter. It allowed him to ride away feeling free. And so then having that opportunity uh, to help them, I feel is kind of like one of my life missions, right? And it taught me so much. 
And then I continued studying, right? I'm, I'm always studying. So I love learning about quantum physics and the heart and how all of this works in a way that we can use really simple tools to feel good, right? So that, that's kind of a brief, long explanation of what I got here I, in Oaxaca. I, I love that. I love hearing that that story from that place of like so many people, especially as coaches, we hear so many people like trying to control where their lives are going to go. Yeah. And it really just sounded like you like let your life flow and then look for opportunities in the flowiness of it, which has yeah. you living this pretty extraordinary um, yeah. life that's helping a lot of people. I'm I'm curious about the how this type of like medicine healing is actually received in Mexico versus maybe in the United States. I picture like you walking into a hospital in Los Angeles and going, I want to do tapping with the children and them being like, well, that's not, you know, that's not, I don't even know what to call it. Yeah. It's not accepted or it's not understood. Although it's becoming more understood. And there are a few people who've gone into some hospitals in the States. And being a science geek underneath all this other woo-woo stuff that I like, you know, so I have the, I have the two ends of the spectrum, but I'm always looking for techniques that have science behind it and research behind it. So EFT tapping has, I think we're around a hundred double blind studies already. And so it reduces cortisol in your body. And so if it reduces cortisol in your body, it reduces inflammation. And so you're in the fight and flight mechanism helping it turn off so your immune system can turn up so on that level it's fantastic right and then on the emotional level anytime you're reducing fear especially this year reducing fear helps your immune system stay strong and so there's a lot of research reduces cortisol reduces pain you know if there's a i worked with a child who had pain he was like I would say at 12 on a scale of zero to 10, maybe a 20 on a scale of zero to 10. And I got to work with him for about 20 minutes and his pain dropped down to 1.5. He had osteosarcoma, he had a bone tumor. And when you psychologically, emotionally, and physiologically help them reduce the pain, he could talk with his sister, he could eat, he could be functioning. Because when you're in that level of pain, you're doing nothing but feel pain, right? So we can learn how to um, use the natural system we have in our body. We have a natural fight and flight system. It's necessary. Man, if you step out in the street and a bus is coming, that thing better kick right in in a millisecond and get you to jump back out, right? <laughs> we want it. But now yeah. it's like my WhatsApp and my Zoom don't work for 20 minutes and we have the same panic <laughs> as if we're about to die. Our body's not prepared for that. It's not yeah. prepared for long-term stress. So using tools that lower those that that fight flight and freeze mechanism to come back into regeneration is really powerful and it's so simple so simple let's right? for for people that don't know because i imagine that there's listeners that don't know i don't know if christopher i don't know if christopher knows you know who i who knows i actually only know what tapping is because i went to a gabrielle bernstein book signing yeah. and she had everyone there was i don't know a couple thousand people there do a tapping exercise Yes. And I, when I initially, when she started, I was like, this is, this is, I, this seems a little Weird. crazy. I'm going yeah. to tap on different yeah. points and it's, but I absolutely got something from it. And from that moment forward, I was like, I don't know what this is. I don't understand, but I'm, I'm a believer. I'm, I'm into it. Yeah. Can you explain it? Like what it is and how sure. it works? Sure. I mean, like for the children with cancer, I didn't explain any of the science behind it. They don't need it. You know, if a three-year-old is, 
has learned from me how to tap before a spinal tap. And his mom, who's a medical doctor, says, why are you doing that? And he says, it hurts less. That's all he needs, right? But for the rest of us that go into our heads, I'll do kind of a simple explanation. Um, what we're doing when we're tapping, we're tapping on meridian endpoints. And so they're energy points. But like acupuncture, we're stimulating an endpoint, but we don't have to use a needle, right? So if you're ill, you don't want to use a needle, right? And so we can be more flexible on, on the space that we're tapping because you're stimulating it. But what's happening is by tapping on those points, we're going back to that fight and flight and freeze mechanism. It sends a message to the amygdala. Amygdala is our alert system. It's the alarm system. It's always checking if there's danger somewhere. And so if there is, it sends a message to our brain to turn on the fight and flight hormones. Adrenaline, noradrenaline, cortisol, right? Long-term, that lowers our, our immune system. So when we're tapping, now we're tapping on those posts. Physically, we, may, we focus in on a topic. Let's say it's fear. There's a lot of fear out in the world right now. Focus on the fear, and as you're tapping, it sends a message for the immune system to switch out of the fight and flight and go into the regenerative and restorative hormone system. So we've all heard of oxytocin at this point. That's the hugging mommy-baby hormone, right? That makes that loving connection. This is why we like hugging so much. This is good for our bodies, right? And now we're in a system where we're not supposed to hug, right? Uh, it brings up dopamine. And it brings up uh, serotonin, right? This is why we like chocolate. It brings up those endorphins that make us feel good. So those hormones then are helping our body go into the regenerative mechanism, restoring, repairing. Because if you're fighting and flighting, your system is taking all its energy to do that and not repair your body. So this is why particularly in this time, uh, this year, you know, that it's important for us to manage our fear. Reduce your fear, get into that restorative, because if you're in restorative, then your immune system is functioning at top levels, right? And so that helps you uh, maintain your health, no matter what's going on around you, right? And so that's kind of a brief little explanation of the, the science behind it. We're really changing the hormones. So when you reduce stress hormones and you up the restorative hormones and regenerative hormones, your muscles relax, pain drops off, right? You start to yawn, right? Your heartbeat goes back to normal. Your breathing is deeper, right? Your digestion kicks in again. So all these things that you really want your body to do on a regular basis, vegan or non-vegan, right? You want these things functioning, right? <laughs> Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. 
Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach. Well, we've learned a lot today. Um, I want to, so the EFT you mentioned is emotional yes. freedom technique. Is that right? Yes. Emotional freedom techniques. And, this and is the-, the nickname is tapping because what you're doing is you're doing, you know, two or three finger gentle stimulation on, on a few points on your face, head and, and fingers. Right? Yeah. This is what I um, acknowledge you, you know, after your, after you, your, both your introduction and you sharing your story about, you know, the journey from, North, to Oaxaca, Oaxaca. Uh, <laughs> Europe. You know, I love I love people who are so accomplished and yet um, a bit humble or demure about it. You know, where it's like, oh, and then I got my PhD, and then I went <laughs> to the postdoc, and then I, and then I, yeah. Uh, it's a journey of life. We all have our journey, and no one is better or worse than the other. It's your journey, right? Well, I wanted to acknowledge it anyway. Thank I you. Love I appreciate that. I love. Uh, hanging around with smart people, and, you know, and Alex, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. The, um, <laughs> the thing that I really wanted to bring up though, is that this season, you know, I'm wearing my silly Christmas sweater today. You're in lovely Christmas colors and Alex is wearing something. The, um, the thing that I want to point to. You told me I had to wear clothes when we did these because of videos. <laughs> it was inappropriate when I showed up. The, the thing that I want to point to is that although we're having a great time, the, um, this time of year can be so full of sadness for some people, Yes. right? It's, you know, especially if we've lost someone right now, we're in a stage, I think we're over 200, we're pushing 300,000 people passing in, in the United States from COVID. You know, in addition, we've got just people passing, you know, as well as I feel like I'm not different than most people, which is, you know, I didn't think it would go this long. I'm astounded that at the amount of fatigue and sort of grief that I'm experiencing or stress I'm experiencing just sitting around the house. Yeah. So I know you know a lot about grief and it seems like an odd time of year to bring it up, but I think it's really a significant part, uh, portion of us are experiencing grief now. And I know that you know a lot about grief. What, what can you talk to tell us about grieving and the holidays? Well, grieving in general is a very personal experience. You know, there's not one right way to grieve. And a lot of times we don't want people to feel their emotions. And I actually think it's okay to feel our emotions because emotions are information. They help us know where we are and help us know what to look at. So even just that sitting around and feeling grief, like, well, we've lost the ability to go out and play and um, 
hug people and kiss people that are, you know, our, our friends, etc. And And so that is a different type of grieving and the grieving also um, based on people passing. There's, there's lots of conflicting things about the whole COVID. Um, that would be a whole nother <laughs> discussion. But the thing is people are passing and a lot of people are passing because they have um, secondary conditions that for me, it's like one more thing is the drop that sends them over to the other side, right? Because they either have cancer or they have, you know, other, you know, real chronic serious illnesses. Uh, and the thing is with grief, it's a very funny thing. And I learned a lot about grief um, in general because of my work with the children with cancer. Because we all want them to live, but I also learned sometimes the best thing was to help them leave, right? And and be out of body and be in spirit and be back in that. For me, it's a space of love and joy and, you know, absolutely incredible. And we've been taught as a society that grief is suffering and that we have to feel really bad and that we should feel really bad. Um, and because of this year, I've given several uh, workshops that were for people who lost family members to COVID and helping them look at all the processes, you know, the denial, the, the upset, the guilt that they couldn't be there with their families when they wanted to because maybe they were in the hospital and they were not allowed to go in. And then all the unresolved issues that we don't take care of on a daily basis. So when somebody passes, all that can come up and basically hit us in the face. And then just the, the sadness of not seeing them or being with them anymore. So it brings up all sorts of emotions. And, and uh, well, Christopher and Alex know my mother passed on the 29th of November this year, right? But it was um, very different than when my father passed 10 years ago. That was also a very spiritual, special uh, experience but this time with my mother she was 91 and eight months right so she had a grand life she, you know she she went from no technology to all technology and an amazing person in in so so many ways and so as she was declining my friends and I were doing uh, we do this on a regular basis anyway but we included my mother in a type of meditation that's love. It's kind of a prayer for love. You're holding that person in this feeling and the emotion and the energy of love. And love is a very high frequency energy. You know, it's up there in gratitude, appreciation. And so for what was for her best and highest good, stay or cross over. Because it isn't my decision. And I learned a lot about that with the children with cancer. It's a personal experience if you stay or if you go so we're doing this prayer of love for my mother and as we're doing it i just feel her more peaceful more and more in this energy of love and the my mother was in a nursing home so the nurses were amazing we would facetime on the center's ipad or their personal cell phones i mean they went out of their way to allow me to see my mom. And I'm watching this process and seeing her whole face look more and more peaceful, more calm. And it was just so enlightening to be able to watch this process that it doesn't have to be painful and suffering. 
And so um, other things that happened, we ended up in a couple of Zoom calls. So the day before my mother passed, all my sisters, the husbands, the grandkids, the great grandkids were there. And basically we got to give her a living memorial with some music, talking to her. She was actually awake instead of asleep. And, um, and my personal experience was then that very night, I just couldn't sleep. I couldn't sleep. And I kept thinking of my mom. And I said, okay, mom, I'm, I'm awake. I'm, hold, I'm holding you in this light and love. I'm with you for as long as you need. And in my head, it just felt like 4.47 in the morning. And then I dozed off, right? And of course, then my sister calls me a couple hours later and she had passed pretty close. You know, well, the nurse informed her pretty close to the time. The nurse said her oxygen levels were great. Her body was completely calm. And so it, it's like my mom is teaching me and many others that it can be the most peaceful, relaxing, gentle leaving. But there's something about it. It's like, I feel her dancing with my dad. I feel her with her parents. I feel her with her best friend. I feel her laughing and happy, right? And I used to feel this as well with some of the kids that crossed over. It, you know, it's like, it sounds crazy, but it feels like they were just sending me a little message like, it's so great, I'm so free, I'm so happy, right? And yet, what does society say? It's painful, we have to cry, we have to suffer. And I'm realizing that, you know, my mom just passed, but I feel this sense of peace, you know, and I, I hope that people can come to this sense of peace. Will I miss her as the days go on in the month? Yes, because I called her every week and we had a chat every week. But I'm so happy that she's absolutely so free and in such joy. So then how do we help people get to that state? Because if I hadn't learned the things I've learned, I probably wouldn't be able to be on this call with you today talking about my mother passing in a very calm way and actually feeling an open heart and, and joy of expressing the, the tranquility with which she left, right? Those who have family members that left from COVID, most don't know what their leaving process was like. We don't know, right? Some may have been comfortable. Some may have not been comfortable. But there's so many things we can do to help anyone who leaves be in a very comfortable place and be very much at peace. Oh, oh, I love this your is what I want people to know. I'm sorry to speak over you. I mistook your No, you, that, that, was what, that was the end of that little diatribe anyway. It's totally great. I appreciate so much your interpretation of it, especially because so many of us, as you say, you know, are taught to avoid or fear or, you know, rail against death. But at the same time, I think there are a couple of common experiences. You know, um, for me, when my mom passed, and it's been quite a while now, uh, but when she did, I was so grateful because there was, I was, it was in a hospital and there were all these strangers around. And this radiologist who had no reason or business to talk to me at all, seeing my grief or, or hearing that my mom had just passed, came over and took the time to talk to me and said simply, sometime in the next few days, you may feel an overwhelming sense of guilt or that you should or could have done something different. Yes. And I want you to know there's nothing you could have done differently. Yeah. And I thought, why is this stranger talking to me? And at the same time, oh, thank God, he said this because yeah. so two days later I was deep, you know, neck deep in grief and in guilt, and I should have, would have, could have. And I thought, thank God, he told me, right? Yes. At the same time, 
famously Kubler-Ross talks about, you know, GABDA, right? Denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. Yes. And I know that further research has told us that it's not an order. It's more like a spaghetti bowl of, you know, tangle. But certainly none of those are the maybe acceptance is the experience you're talking about. How do you support people through that? How can we as coaches yeah. support people through that? Or is it none of our darn business? Um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, in one group that I was working with, um, there were a couple that went through the guilt, you know, because they couldn't be in the hospital. Um, and that they should have done more, that there should have been something, they should have seen, they should have taken better care, or anger that their family member went out and thought they should have stayed home, right? This could have been avoided. So all those emotions come up. And doing tapping, I do another technique based on heart math, which is the heart-brain coherence. And both of those calm our system so that those stress hormones aren't raging, which raise the anger, the fear, and all those things. So we want to calm that so we come back to a peaceful, calm place. Okay. So when we do that, then the guilt drops off, the fear drops off, the anger drops off. And it, it doesn't mean it eliminates it, but what it does is it takes the intensity off or takes the edge off so that you can be more in your heart and more conscious of the fact that there was nothing else you could have done at that moment, right? And, or if you didn't, you just didn't, and it's okay, because this is, this is the way it ended. One woman in that first group, um, she was suffering about her brother leaving, and of all the people in the group, she just didn't want to let it go, and her daughter was there. And I said, this is her process, it's okay. So you do your techniques to keep you calm, and you stay present with her. Right, And it took her longer to come around to letting things go. But we honored the fact, and I shared with her, I honor the fact that you're not ready to let go of the grief. You're not ready to let go of the sadness, and I accept you because it is a personal journey. And when we get that acceptance instead of the platitudes or the acceptance or, the, or all the, oh, my condolences and... and you know, that felt heavier than what I was feeling. I was feeling everybody else's sadness and like, oh, this is, you know, like they should say that it's such a sad experience. And finally went, wait, this isn't mine. And I had to like put that aside. Okay, now my energy pops back up. I'm okay because I'm, I'm doing the work internally for myself. And then as a coach, I can, because I'm doing my inner work and staying calm in a presence and loving way, then I'm holding that space for them to also be in a calmer, loving, accepting place with the ups and downs that emotionally come as you're going through a grieving process. But it can be so much gentler, right? I live in Mexico. Mexicans are great for suffering, you know, and uh, for, you know, I mean, they have a nine day process of, you know, you meet every day, not now, but normally you meet nine days to go through this grieving process and um but many of them hold on to the suffering and forget that it can be calmer right and so last night i was doing a tapping class and was talking a bit about my mom and the woman on there she goes yeah she says you're helping me see a different way of letting go of the grief around my mom leaving and it was years ago right so we can change our perspective and help others change perspective 
One, by doing our own work. One, by feeling calm in our process and accepting these ups and downs, right? Yeah. Teaching people techniques, right? That you helps just, them be calm. You just set me up perfectly. Thank you for that. Okay. I'm curious about the techniques. Like yeah. as most, this is a, a show for coaches, yes. you know, at different levels. What, um, what techniques do you really think coaches should be learning that that would really help them support their clients? Mm. Is it is it tapping in the yeah. tapping is one, and the reason I start with tapping um, and the heart focused breathing, the heart mass techniques. Two, they're really really simple, right? Um, so in this group, I actually worked with the kids of one who lost a grandmother, and then the mother had two kids and the, her husband passed. So you can teach your kids to do these techniques as well because they're simple, they're practical. You don't have to take anything with you. You know, you don't need a mat, you don't need a book, you don't need a CD. So the excuse of not having your tools is gone. It's right there. You just have to remember to use it. And so with tapping, you know, because you're lowering the stress hormones, you're lowering the stress on your physical body and your emotional system. So that I find really useful. The heart-focused breathing, I really like a lot because really the simplest way of using heart mass technique is put your hands over your heart and you slow your breathing down. You inhale to five, exhale to five. No holding on the top, no holding on the exhale, any of those sorts of things. And all you're doing is you're slowing your breath down. And you can do that in like three minutes and just by sitting and breathing more deeply. Because when we're stressed, we don't breathe deeply. Right? So now you're oxygenating your body, you're starting to calm your body, but there's a really cool thing. Your heart actually has 40,000 um, nerve cells that it's its own brain. Okay, And when you breathe that way, it brings your heart into coherence. So when you're frustrated, angry, fearful, your heart rate is really erratic. But when you do the slower breathing, your heart rate goes into a harmonic, coherent rate. And by doing that, it sends a message to this brain that we have, and then your brain starts going into coherence, which means then the fears, the angers, and all those erratic emotions are also going to drop. Now you've got heart and brain coherence, right? And so that calms your whole system and helps your body relax. You can do that in three, four minutes. In general, the technique is after two, three minutes, you start thinking of something you're appreciative of. In grief, you may not want to go there because you're not appreciating anything, but just sitting there and breathing in a very rhythmic rate brings coherence into body and mind, right? And so those are simple things. And tapping, you can do, uh, there's a way to do it without words. There's a way to do it with words. And you can do either one, and it's a simple thing. You can teach people to do that. And then they can do that. They can do two, three rounds of tapping and bring that grief and suffering and anger or fear down, right? So every time you're doing that, then you're helping your body stay healthy. Because also, in a grieving period, many people get a cold. Many people get sick because their immune system is overstressed. So these are other things we can do. And those are the two things I do a lot of. The other thing is, um, Personally, because I'm a scientist and I like quantum physics, I like talking about quantum physics, right? So we think 3D, time, I have to walk from point A to point B, it takes time to get there. 
in quantum physics, we kind of get rid of the time and we turn the timetable from horizontal to vertical. So we can think of anger, sadness, grief down in the basement, you know, pieces maybe somewhere in the middle, and then love and gratitude are up on the top in the penthouse. Well, where do you want to be? You want to be up there. And so you can help people understand that doing the tapping, doing the heart-focused breathing, the goal is to at least bring yourself up to peace, bring your spell up to gratitude. What did you appreciate about that person? What did you love about that person? And feel that about them instead of their leaving. What it does is it raises your whole frequency and then we're aligned in the quantum field that things can shift very quickly. And so there's a part of what I've been doing is that, right? So I've been thinking, what do I appreciate about my mom? What did, what did I love about my mom? What was so great about her? And that can bring me up into that higher level. And then I'm just so grateful she was in my life and so grateful for all the things she taught me. Then I don't have to do the missing piece. Then I'm in this very connected piece. And she always is going to live in me, you know, with the things she taught me, with who I am, right? And then the things I learned beyond that, which is really wonderful. So I hope that kind of answers your question, Alex, of where I start with, with these techniques, right? I'm, um, did you have a follow-up, Alex? I can't tell. You look no, very no, serene no. now. You were looking at me. I was looking at you. I think it was, <laughs> you were having a moment. I didn't know who was going to go. I'm just a coach. Look at it, another coach. Um, I, you know what it is? It's, uh, it's all the water you're drinking. I'm surprised you can sit still this long. Uh, I think my body has, is like such a dried out sponge that it's like just oh, absorbing. absorbing it all. I, but I'm that, so sorry but that's, an, that's another aspect of going through grief. Make sure you drink water. Mm. to flush out your system and flush out the there. emotions our bodies at least 76 percent water you know mm -hmm. we need to hydrate right tapping think, works better when you're hydrated okay yeah i think it's so clear how much you have to offer dr miller deborah dr deborah d miller um and it's astounding to me that you're bilingual you can offer all your services and everything in english yeah. and spanish but also, um, I want to let people know how to get a hold of you or how to get a hold sure. of your work. So there's Deborah, there's your website, which is Deborah, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, the traditional Deborah Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R, dot org, correct? Yep. Yes. And then, of course, there's the book, The Dragon with Flames of Love, subtitled Helping Children with Serious Illness Improve the Quality of Their Lives, for anybody who's yeah. going through that particular right. uh, challenge and then you also co-authored emotional first aid for children compassion in action with john d uh, i'm not gonna whitest. say whitest whitest oh just mm -hmm. okay just like um, it looks, yeah and that's more practical for kids who've gone through some sort of a challenging life event yeah right? well let's look at the let's look at these two children as a boy and a girl they lost their father you know the boy was 10 the girl is six you know it's not really comprehensible and the mother's in grief. So how does she deal with them? And so uh, I did some tapping. I have a tappy bear. It's a teddy bear that's got the tapping points on it. So I brought that on the Zoom call because they weren't here physically. They were in other places. And connecting with them from that loving sweetness and teaching them heart-focused breathing, teaching them to tap, then they, now they're tapping with their mother. So now the three of them in conjunction are working together. So the, the book about emotional first aid for children, it's like 
well, you know, there's been earthquakes, there's been fires. It, it doesn't have to be grief of losing somebody. Um, you know, it can be losing your kitten, you know, it, right. or so many it's a level of trauma for each individual. And so a lot of the techniques are really simple, um, quick things we can use as an adult to help ourselves get calm and then learning the language and the vocabulary and um, physical actions. I mean, are you looking down at a child? You get at their level, you know, what are you doing? Like I brought the tappy bear. It made an instant connection because now I'm a person with a teddy bear, not just a person trying to tell them what to do. So we can make all sorts of connections with them. And my work with the children with cancer helped me understand one thing, look people in the eyes, you know, cause when we feel grief, we don't want, we don't want to look at their sadness either. You know, a hairless child because of cancer, we don't like to look at it, but look them in their eye, feel it from your heart. And one of the biggest things I learned was that I had to be okay to be able to help them. Right. So I had to do my personal work. I had to like, okay, I need to be in the most loving state I can be. Right? I need to be a light. I need to be at peace. I need to be centered. I know I'm angry about the traffic and I'm upset about this and worried about something else, but I need to always come back and create that center. And later, later the nurses would say, yeah, the kids would see you come in and they would start sitting up and they would brighten up. I didn't do it from an ego place. I just learned I needed to be that because I didn't know what I was going to get at each bed that I visited. One was happy, one was sick, one was on their way out, and I had to switch like this. So I had to learn to really get centered quickly. So I like quick tools, you know, so I could tap on the way down. I could tap on the way home you know, to keep myself in that loving space. So I use my tools every day. So that, that get your coaches to use the tools every day, right? So that you are centered and compassionate and understanding, right? And also know that there's times I came home from the hospital and I cried, you know, seeing things I didn't want to see. And then reaching out to my other coaching friends to guide me. It's like, here's the words I need you to use, but you say them so I can follow along and not have to be patient and coach at the same time or client coach at the same time. Recognize your limits, right? And, and then ask for the support you need because this is all about community. We need to create community. And in a way it's all Zoom community, well, mostly Zoom community now, but we can create connection anywhere. And in the quantum field, we're always connected, right? So that's really cool. So if I'm putting, you know, a little drop of love out there, it ripples out into the quantum field and can affect everybody. Just like everybody's grief, I felt like it was coming on top of me. When I stopped, chose not to feel it, then I could go back into that loving state and send out a loving energy to everyone instead of connecting to the sadder, lower vibration. And it's daily practice, moment by moment practice. I, I just love how you, you in, you're, it's like a really clear, you do work with people that there's a lot of reasons that you could just be sad and you could just be, you know, oh, in absolutely. and it's really, it's really nice to see it's not like this, hey, just go put on a happy face and fake it. There's like a genuine yeah, yeah. Um, 
Yeah. It's like the gratitude, the difference you're making that, hey, these everyone from the sick children to the parents to the doctors to you have an opportunity to choose how they're going to show up. And like you choose yeah. to have it be uplifting and inspiring and make people feel better in their experience and look at death and sickness from as positive, a positive of a place as we can. I think we can. Um, yeah which is, is from love. Thanks for, I really just want to acknowledge you for modeling that, for modeling that for us. Cause I just, there's so much opportunity for all of us, especially right now to, to learn from you in that. Everywhere, anything, you know, going to the grocery store, wearing a mask, not wearing a mask, you, you know, um, worried or not worried. We can change all of that. We, we can observe. And, and then once we observe what the emotion is or the thought is, you know, cause so much is just programming. So if I observe my programming, then I can make a choice if I want to continue that or not, right? So I've become a very good observer, you know? And it's like, oh, look at that. Oh, wait, is that mine? No, that's not even mine. Oh, yeah, that's mine. Okay, I'll deal with it, right? It's clear that you have a lot to offer, and it's, our time has flown by. I want to thank you for the amazing work you're doing in the world, and so much of it is so important, especially now. So as we go through the holidays and then in the new year, um, if you'd like to reach out, please check out deborahmiller.org. That's D-E-B-O-R-A-H-M-I-L-L-E-R.org. And you can uh, find out not only ways to work one-on-one with Deborah, Dr. Miller, uh, via in coaching sessions, via Zoom, or really relief of anything to, that is in your way of creating a balanced and love-filled life, as well as their group coaching sessions for people who want to deal with either unhealthy emotions and habits or other blocks in to creating that healthy, love-filled life. Uh, you've also got a two-part workshop coming up in the new year around alleviating grief using the emotional freedom techniques. How do we register for that? Is that also on deboramiller.org? Well, not yet. Because I'm still in that very recent grief process, it hasn't gone up on my site yet. But people could also, you know, go on my site, email me, and I would be more than happy to send people the information. Because um, I'm looking at the dates and, and, and things like that right now. But it'll be there. I really want to acknowledge it because it's one thing to go through it. It's another thing to support people who are going through it while you're going through it such an important thing. Now, you've, you're a generous human and you've got a giveaway for uh, our listeners. Tell me about yeah. this EFT tapping guide. Yeah. So it's, it's one I created a long time ago, but it's always relevant. And it's about peace. And so it's like looking at external and internal peace because we tend to look at the external world as why we're not peaceful, right? So we start with kind of doing a little tapping to release that. And then we look at what's in the inside that's keeping us from feeling peace and bringing that in. And if people want to have another one that's on love, that's filling your heart with love and fills your whole body with love, and I'd be happy to share that one as well. You know, and there's some information where the points are, information about drinking water to keep yourself hydrated and things like that. But I'm happy, I'm always happy to help people. I, I love helping people feel better. You know? Love it. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but how do people get the EFT tapping guide for inner and outer peace? Um, I think the easy, easy thing they could do would just be email me at Deborah at DeborahMiller.org. Okay. Very clear. Yeah, that's Thanks. the easiest way. Alex, what have you got for us to complete today? Um, 
people should try tapping. I mean, like I said, I got to sit in a room and did it like from peer pressure, like everyone was, so I had to. <laughs> um, but I'm actually really glad that I did because it it does shift you. And I've seen it in a few places. So I think um, it's one of those things, whether they reach out to you or I know on your website, you have books that teach people about it. And I'm sure there's a billion YouTube videos about it, but I would really encourage there people, are. especially right now with what you said, Hey, you yeah. can't, you can't really go get the hugs you might need and you might not even realize you're missing what yes. you get from hugs. Right. Like, I don't think until you yes. said that, I was like, Oh, I haven't even thought about, you know, that thing. Um, yeah. So this could yeah. be a way to really source yourself. So thanks for offering us some really practical tools and things that people can actually do. And you're welcome. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, you know, you can go on YouTube, you can do things on your own. There's ways to do it very much in general. But if you have something specific, look for a, a, an EFT coach, you know, because they'll take you further in and they'll, they'll support you and guide you in the process. And it can really be fun. It, it actually can be fun to let things go. You, know, you can use symbols and all kinds of stuff. Deborah, thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for sharing the, the techniques, the tactics, your stories. Thanks for doing the work that you do in Mexico with these children. Um, and Christopher, till next year. That's, That's right. It. That's it. This is yeah. it for the year. Please for the do year. whatever rituals that will support you to, conti to continue this fine work that you're doing, Alex. Uh, I imagine some of those rituals will include eating something non-plant-based on the first of the year, as well as drinking a ton of water. Fried, fried chicken and baby back ribs, January 1st. Wow. Yeah, we're going to have to do a whole show about what happens to me from that. Um, that's right. It won't be video. We won't video that show. No. Probably no. no. <laughs> a good idea. Happy Thank holidays. So Happy New Year. And we'll see everyone in 2021. That's right. We'll talk to you next year. Thanks, everybody. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to The Coaching Show. We will talk to you next week.